0: opening the word with you this evening. Um, But before we do that I thought I'd introduce the mini-series that we're going through for the next two weeks. So this week we're looking at uh, a prayer of Moses and next week we're looking at a prayer of David. Uh, And and before the Bible readings I want to pray for us and I want to give us some context because we're going to be jumping into Exodus 32 and there's it'll be good to sort of get a framework of understanding for what we're hearing about this evening. Um, at, at the end of the sermon, we're going to have a time of open prayer where we can pray together to our great God. But first, let me pray for us before we open the word. Heavenly Father, it is a gift to come before you. It is a gift to know you. It is a gift to have your word and that through it you may reveal yourself to us. Father, it is a gift to know your son, Jesus Christ, and through him to know you. Uh, Father, we thank you uh, that we may meet uh, tonight uh, in peace in such a chaotic world lord may the things of the world grow dim may the distractions that are trying to pull our attention away uh, grow dim lord and may we focus on you and what you're trying to teach us this evening amen uh, the passage uh, as i was saying we're, that we're jumping into is exodus 32 and we we're, we're deep into moses's story God has been using Moses to bring the Israelites out of Egypt, and they've come to Mount Sinai, which is where they received the Ten Commandments. And on the mountaintop, God's presence has descended, and it's descended in power. His presence is there, and you can see it because there's, there's thunder, and there's lightning, and there's smoke, and there's fire. And where is Moses? He's smack bang on top, right in the middle amongst it all. And Israel is around the bottom and they can see God's presence. They know what he can do. They've seen his power. Yet what they've decided to do instead is to disobey God, to, to break a relational covenant with him, to make an idol, a golden calf, a impotent, created thing. And they've decided to worship it instead of the Lord. And that's where we jump in. So this is how the Lord and how Moses responds.
1: Thanks, Brian. So the first reading, as Dan said, is Exodus 32. So we're reading um, from verse 7, which is on page 78 of the Bibles. The Lord spoke to Moses, Go down at once, for your people you brought up from the land of Egypt have acted corruptly. They have quickly turned from the way I commanded them. They have made for themselves an image of a calf. They have bowed down to it, sacrificed to it, and said, Israel, this is your God who brought you up from the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen these people and they are indeed a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger can burn against them and I can destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. But Moses interceded with the Lord his God, Lord, why does your anger burn against your people you brought up out of the land of Egypt with great power and a strong hand, Why should the Egyptians say he brought them out with an evil intent to kill them in the mountains and wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your great anger and relent concerning this disaster for your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. You swore to them by your very self and declared, I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and will give your offspring all this land that I have promised, and they will inherit it forever. So the Lord relented concerning the disaster he said he would bring on his people. Then Moses turned and went down the mountain with the two tablets of the testimony in his hands. They were inscribed on both sides, inscribed front and back. The tablets were the work of God, and the writing was God's writing engraved on the tablets. When Joshua heard the sound of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, There is a sound of war in the camp. But Moses replied, "'It's not the sound of a victory cry "'and not the sound of a cry of defeat. "'I hear the sound of singing.' "'As he approached the camp and saw the calf and the dancing, "'Moses became enraged and threw the tablets out of his hands, "'smashing them at the base of the mountain. "'Then he took the calf they had made, "'burned it up and ground it into powder. "'He scattered the powder over the surface of the water "'and forced the Israelites to drink the water.'"
2: The second lesson is Exodus 32 from verse 30. The following day, Moses said to the people, you have committed a grave sin. Now I'll go up to the Lord. Perhaps I'll be able to atone for your sin. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, oh, these people have committed a grave sin. They have made a God of gold for themselves. Now, if you would only forgive their sin, But if not, please erase me from the book you have written. The Lord replied to Moses, I will erase whoever has sinned against me from my book. Now go, lead the people to the place I told you about. See, my angel will go before you. But on the day I settle accounts, I will hold them accountable for their sin. And the Lord inflicted a plague on the people, for what they did with the calf Aaron had made. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Thanks, Bron. Thanks, Kate. This year at church, uh, we're in um, a year of prayer. And I know for me, and likely for some of you, we want to pray more. We go to the monthly church prayer meetings and we hear of great people of prayer. And I know for me, I come out of it and I get more excited than normal. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to pray so much. And for like three days... I pray a little bit more, and then it, it sort of goes away again. And, and we want to be people of prayer. We, we want to be compelled to pray. And my question to you is, when no one's around, when the day is over, when you're tired and the lights are out, what will compel you to pray? I, I know for some of us there's reasons why we don't pray, reasons we aren't compelled to pray. Some of us think that our prayers are impotent, that they're useless. We ask or what is the point of me praying? I mean, is it even worth it? Surely if God is big and powerful, he can do it all with that little old me, right? And yet we see in this passage, this rich passage, a man, Moses, motivated, compelled to pray. And we see his prayers having great weight. They are worth it. They do mean something. And we see that what compels Moses to pray is God's nature, if you take one thing home tonight, this is our, our key theme, is that God's nature compels us to pray. It compels Moses to pray, and I, I really hope that as we dig into it, that it will compel us to pray. There's three things about God's nature that I want to draw out of the passage and look at together. I wonder if, like me, as you read through Exodus, and you see uh, Moses on the mountaintop in Mount Sinai, praying boldly, you think, Ah. Oh, i If I knew God as well as Moses did, I reckon I'd pray like him. Do you ever think like that? That's sometimes my excuse. And we see how bold and how confident he is. We see that he's praying to a God he knew that he had a relationship with. And that's our first, and this is our longest point, point. pray to the God you know. So let's look at Moses' prayer together. In verse 11, he starts his prayer with an address. Lord. This translates as Yahweh. This is the the name of God. The name that uh, God told Moses to call him. It it means, I am who I am, or I will be who I will be. It, It means that he's independent. He's sufficient. He's unchanging. He's always present. God is revealing himself to Moses. Moses knows God. And it's really interesting, as I read through Exodus in the past few weeks, how Moses's prayers change early on his prayers seem definitely unconfident but he, he, he doesn't know God that well and you can see that in his prayers he's always asking why and he doesn't understand he, he asks uh, God why would you choose me Moses why would you send me to Pharaoh and later he's saying God why would you cause trouble for Israel why 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 he, he doesn't understand God he doesn't understand his nature And then you see here in chapter 32 this prayer that he says boldly and confidently, it's it's meatier. It's more trusting. It's more based on who God is. Moses questions and prays to a God that he's in a relationship with, a God that has revealed himself. And can we just sit with that for a moment? How incredible is it that a God who's, beyond what we can comprehend, a being outside of time and space would reveal himself to us on earth, that this fantastic God would make himself known to us. Isn't that crazy? Doesn't that blow your socks off? It's so good. Uh, Another shift that's occurred uh, in Moses' nature is his confidence, like I was saying. Earlier on, he was he was fearful of approaching Pharaoh, a man. Yes, Pharaoh was powerful, but it's nothing like approaching God that he does now on Mount Sinai. He, and, and what caused this? Moses knew God. Moses knew that God had brought them from Egypt to Mount Sinai and that in doing so, God was desiring a relationship with them. He knew that God loved him. And that's why he could boldly go, for, go, go to him if you were loved and you know you are loved, you, you will happily run to someone and, and express your hurts or your thoughts to them. And how much more has God revealed himself to us? We know God because we know Christ. Christ is the, the incarnation of God. We have the rest of the Bible to to dig into and see the nature of God. We have the Holy Spirit now on this side of Jesus who helps us see more of God. We we, We know God so much. What are we going to do with it? What are you going to do about it? Will you, like Moses, pray to the great God who has greatly revealed himself? Will you thank him for making himself known? Will you boldly go to him with confidence, knowing that you are so immensely loved by him? I want to tell you about my mate, Sam. Sam's really great. And I think Sam's really great for one reason, because Sam has a really great ute. This ute, it's got high clearance. It's like a What's it, RTV, rough terrain vehicle or something like that, right? It's high clearance, big tray, great towing power. And Sam wasn't great simply because he owned the ute. Sam was great because he used the ute to serve the socks off anybody who needed something, moved, picked up, shifted. He was your guy, right? He would serve you. He would look after you. Sam's great nature was evident not in that he had a great towing power, but that he used it. And I valued him because of his nature. And in a way, people call Sam up still to this day and because of his nature, because he's willing to serve. Moses prayed because he knew God's nature. God had been revealing himself. I wonder which parts of God's nature compel you to pray. Which parts do you delight in? Which parts do you really cherish? And you just want to say, thanks, God. Thanks so much for that one thing. Thanks so much for those multiple things. What compels you to pray? I hope his nature does two parts of his nature are really evident in this passage so we're going to dive into it into it a bit more one thing we see is that god is incredibly just and moses knows this moses has seen god's justice against egypt and against pharaoh and against egypt's people and he knows that he's been just in judging them and he knows now that god has told them told him in verse 7 how they've sinned that he's going to judge I want to sit for a bit with Israel's disobedience and let us realize how weighty it is. Uh, In verse 4, so sorry, leading up to verse 4, they've come to Aaron, Israel's come to Aaron, and they've asked him for a god, and he's gotten all the rings from their ears, and he's fashioned it in verse 4, and used an engraving tool and made it into an image of a calf. Then they said and look with me, Israel, this is your God who brought you up from the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. Then he made an announcement, there will be a festival to the Lord tomorrow, to Yahweh. And then early the next morning, they arose, they offered burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings, and the people sat down to eat and drink, and then they got up to play. In making this calf, they had broken covenant with God, broken an agreement with God in making this calf they'd disobeyed the first and the second commandments. they could see Him, they could see His presence on the mountain, yet to them God seemed far away. so they made this this pseudo Yahweh, this sham version, this idol. they, they wanted Yahweh. But they wanted him now. They wanted him in their presence now and not on his terms, not according to his commandments with his requirement to holy living. They wanted him now and they also wanted to live how they want it. They, they created this calf and now they're having a festival to it, saying, This Israel, this is Yahweh. What a sham. They're worshiping an impotent, fabricated creation. How hollow. What an empty, twisted pursuit of an empty, twisted God. Walter Mobley says, the whole event is like committing adultery on your wedding night. As you read this, I hope you feel uh, gross, sad, confused, frustrated. This people, this Israel, they had a small picture Of their magnificent God. And God, he was right to judge. And we see that in verse 9 and 10. Look with me. The Lord said to Moses, I've seen this people, and they are indeed a stiff-necked people. That means stubborn. Now leave me alone so that my anger can burn against them, and I can destroy them. God, as the Holy King, had been completely wronged. And he is completely right to judge. He's completely right to let his anger burn against Israel. And Moses knows this. But Moses knows that this isn't the only part of God's nature. He also knows and has experienced God's graciousness and God's patience. And so Moses prays. He knows that God is just and will judge, but he also knows that God is gracious And may, in his graciousness, withhold some of his anger. Withhold some of his just wrath. And so he prays in light of God's nature. And I think one reason our prayers sometimes go unanswered is because we don't know him. We don't know his nature. Uh, We might think he's like a genie in a bottle. You know, rub it enough times, pray enough times, and you'll get what you want. But the Bible in 1 John, it instructs us to pray and ask according to his will. And to know his will is to know his nature. Do, do you know his nature? In, in Exodus 34 verse 6, Yahweh tells us exactly who he is. I want to read it for you. Yahweh. Yahweh is a compassionate and great the anger, and rich in faithful love and truth, maintaining faithful love to a thousand generations, forgiving wrongdoing, rebellion, and sin, but he will not leave the guilty unpunished, bringing the consequences of the father's wrongdoing on the children and grandchildren to the third and fourth generation. This is our God. If you want to know our God better, if you want to know his nature better, Dwell on those words. Can I encourage you, maybe, to try to memorize those few verses this week? Over the last few years, uh, the Lord has been uh, gently revealing to me um, that sometimes I pray and act towards my own glory, my my own fame. Uh, my actions may seem good, uh, but they're tinged, tinged with a desire to increase myself and it's been refreshing as God has shown that to me uh, because our desire and our first and foremost desire should be his glory because his glory is, 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 is what matters to be honest and, and I'm encouraged and I've been encouraged over the last few months as we've been uh, praying together um, to see uh, some of you guys pray and, and that when you pray it's so evident that your desire is for his glory first and foremost. So can I encourage you in that? Because what we see here in chapter 32 is that Moses is praying towards that same end. And this is our second point. Pray for God's glory to be increased. In verse 12, uh, Moses says, Why should the Egyptians say he brought them out with an evil intent to kill them in the mountains and wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your great anger and relent concerning this disaster planned for your people. When Moses was praying, he was praying so that God's glory would be known. He was saying, God, if you, if you wipe out Israel, Egypt will hear about it and they won't, they won't fear you. Your glory won't be as, as known to them. And, and you could also view it as if, if God wiped out Israel then Egypt would think that Yahweh himself had been wiped out. And that's a lie. God can't be wiped out. He's he the God. So Moses is praying so that God's glory will be increased. He's interceding for Israel so that God's glory will be increased and known in Egypt and known in all the world. He goes on uh, to pray towards God's glory in verse 13. He prays, he, he, he prays in light of God's promises. He says, remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. You swore to them by your very self and declared, I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky, and I will give your offspring all this land that I have promised, and they will inherit it forever. What he's praying there is he's he's reminding God of the promises that God gave to Abraham. Uh, He he told Abraham that he would uh, cause uh, him to have many descendants, and through his descendants, he would bless the nations So he's reminding him. He's praying his prayers. And I think we can do that. Because through his promises. Sorry, we can pray his promises. Because through this promise specifically, he was going to bless the nations. And as the nations were blessed, he was going to give glory to the Lord. And the nations would give glory to the Lord. And I wonder, is our first and foremost desire for God's glory to be increased? Do we see God as so big and magnificent and his glory as primary in all things? Do we pray so that his glory will be increased? Or like me, do you find that difficult? If you do, maybe you'll join me in praying these two prayers this week. Sorry for pursuing my own glory. And please help me desire your glory more. So why does Moses pray? What compels him to pray? It's God's nature. And he prays so that God's glory will be increased. And do you know the phenomenal thing? When Moses prays, God hears. God listens. That's our final point for this evening. Pray to the God who hears and who listens. Because we see we see um, God's response in verse 14. It says, so the Lord relented concerning the disaster he said he would bring on his people. To be honest, this is, is the most difficult part of this passage for me. Uh, not that God heard, not that he listened, but that he relented. I sort of asked myself, how does that work? Uh, how does God say he would do something and then change his mind? I mean, is he changing his mind? Is that what's happening here? And could Moses' prayer really be a factor? a factor to change God's mind. There's a tension here, and to be honest, I find it really difficult, because I don't fully understand it. I think this is one of the parts of the Bible where we realize, or I realize anyway, how far beyond us God is, how far beyond us His ways are. He is is God, and we are man, and sometimes we can't understand Him, but let's, let's look at what The passage doesn't say and what it it does say. What it doesn't say, and we must dare not think that God lied in verse 10. When God said that he would, uh, when when he asked him to leave him alone so that his anger would burn against them, we cannot think that God lied there because God cannot lie. And we cannot think that he said these statements without knowing uh, that he would relent, that he would change his mind if that's what's happening. For, For God knows all things, past, present, and future. So that's, that's not what happened. He's not lying. And what do we know is true? Or What we do know is that he said he would destroy them. And then Moses prayed. And then he relented. So what we can learn from that, I think, is that God in his incredible sovereign wisdom and godliness can completely truthfully say, leave me alone so my anger will burn against them and then relent somehow in his in his godliness he can hold both of those and hold them in tension and be truthful throughout the whole thing his nature isn't isn't changed throughout that and i think we have to accept and this is what i had to accept this week as i continued to struggle with this passage is that there's parts of god's nature that are a mystery uh, Deuteronomy 29.29 says, The hidden things belong to the Lord our God, but the revealed things belong to us. Uh, for me, this is one of those hidden things that belong to the Lord. I, I don't dare try to put myself in his shoes to understand everything about him instead. I think we have to accept our position as created beings, put ourselves in our shoes, and, and look at the revealed things that belong to us, as Deuteronomy said, So what what has been revealed to us here? Well, we learn that in his sovereign nature, God left room for prayer. He knew that Moses would intercede on Israel's behalf, and God knew that his merciful heart would be moved by Moses' prayer. God had left room uh, for Moses to pray. God had invited Moses into a relationship so that he would pray. Moses' prayers were not redundant, and neither are yours. The Lord hears our prayers, and He is moved by our prayers. And we see here that God's will is worked out through Moses praying. And our prayers are really weighty. This is so key. Please hear this. Our prayers are weighty because through them God's will is worked out. God, God, um, he can act in the world in many different ways. He has many different means of working out his will on earth. And one of his means is for us to pray and for him to respond. He he wants us to pray to him. Through your prayer, God works. Through your prayer, God listens. He hears. He responds. Your prayers are, are so weighty. They are cherished. They are so good. Because God is good. And he wants you to pray. And in Christ, God has enabled us full access to speak to him, to pray to him. In Christ, God has thrown open the doors of the throne room of God so that we can run in and, like children, yell out to God. In Christ, God has revealed God's just and gracious nature in that he was fully just by requiring the payment, the payment for us rejecting him, and yet he was fully gracious by sending Christ to pay for that, to pay for our rejection of God. And so now we can accept the invitation to run to his throne of grace, to acknowledge that we're sinful and that only through Christ we are saved. Because friends, uh, in this Exodus story, in chapter 32, yes, we are like Moses Yes, we need to pray and intercede because our prayers are weighty and our God is good, and yet we are so much like Israel. We've turned from God, and we need someone to intercede for us to God. And Romans 8.34 says that Christ Jesus, the one who died, has been raised. He is at the right hand of God, and he intercedes for us. I hope that gives you boldness. I hope that gives you confidence and joy that Jesus is at the right hand of God interceding for us. So you can pray. You can pray to God. You can know him. You can pray that his glory will be increased in all the nations. You can pray for small things because God cares about you. He loves you. He hears you and he listens. It would be a fantastic thing. See us, men and women, on our knees, praying, praying because we're in a relationship with Yahweh, our knowable God, praying for others, for our friends and our family, for our work colleagues, for our world, and most importantly, for the glory of our king to be known in all the world. For His good. He is just and He is gracious. And he remembers his promises. He wants to hear you pray. Your prayers have so much weight. We're going to open now into a time of open prayer. Uh, first, uh, please join me as we say the Lord's Prayer. And then I'm just going to open up. You can stand where you are and pray. Uh, pray, thanks of, pray, thank, pray prayers of thanks. Uh, praise the Lord for who he is intercede on people's behalf, confess your sin. You can stand where you are or you can come up and pray here.